This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. because you're racing at the Brickyard this weekend. That's right, and I actually realize it's the first time I'll be doing it in the Cup Series. So it's my first ever Brickyard 400. Looking forward to that. We got the TRD 40th anniversary scheme there. And uh, I'm going to try and avoid some of the drivers we're about to talk to good talk idea. about later in the show. Very good idea. Well, and we said it's going to be busy. We're going to be joined today by guests in Charlotte, Chicago, and right here in our Connecticut studio. But first up, NASCAR's regular season for Cup drivers down to just one more race. And within that race, there is the fight for the final two playoff spots. It couldn't be any tighter. Clint Boyer's cushion, just eight points. Daniel Suarez holds the last spot on a tiebreaker. And Jimmy Johnson's postseason streak is in danger. For this group, it has been a drama-filled summer. Playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. We're done. Track part broken half. The time is coming. God. How many bad things can happen to you in a row? Unbelievable. Certainly the wrong time of the year to have some bad luck. Got a rub, got a smoker here. Newman gets tagged from behind. Right side, spoiler is down. Let Boyer in the fence. We have had very fast race cars, but everything that could have gone wrong, it went wrong. They are currently tied with one race to go. It is going to be a pressure-packed race for you and the 16. I'm used to that. I'm good with that. All of these drivers right in the mix. Every position is a point. We're running out of days, and if we miss it, it's just going to be by a few. Oh, it's getting good. We are here at the touchscreen. We're going to talk about those four drivers. But first, during our marathon in Darlington mm. last week, I sort of gave each of the four quick nicknames. I said the workhorse, Mr. Positivity, seven-time and Mr. Good Time. And that got us thinking, you at home can probably do a lot better. So how should we refer to each of the four drivers? Send us one or all four nicknames for the bubble drivers using hashtag NASCAR America. 
And we're going to show you some of those. If I'm you come up with see. something good, yeah. we're going to uh, give them to you throughout the show. We're so put let's, them out there. Yeah, let's go ahead though through go through the scenario for each of these four. Who do you want to start with, Parker? Uh, let's start with Ryan Newman, Mr. Okay. Underdog is my okay. name, I would say. Or maybe the guy you can't pass. We're going to click on him, bring up his stats here for Indianapolis since 2014 because it's sort of recent stats. Okay. And the interesting thing about this team in the six car is that most likely out of these four that are racing for the playoff spots, they are going to have probably the slowest car. When we look at speed over the season and talking to Scott Graves and Ryan Newman at some of these tracks that are more downforce involved or a lot of times speed involved, it has not been their strong suit. They have not had the speed in that six car. So they're going to have to do what they have done all season. Their path in the playoffs is going to be either manipulating the strategy to gain stage points as we've seen them do throughout this season, which they've been great at, or if stage points are not on offer, then it's doing whatever you have to do in stage two to get the best possible finish in stage three. That might mean making that choice of fringe stage points in stage two, but then having to to put yourself in position to get the best track position for stage three. That's going to be their path into the playoffs. If they do that, if you put Newman up front in a good enough position in stage three, no one's going to pass them. Yeah. We know that. So that is their path. Use your strengths. Their strengths are they have been great at gaining track position at times and manipulating that strategy. Scott Graves has done a great job of that. And a Newman does not get passed. Yeah. So if they do that, they could get in the playoffs. And you heard Newman say he's cool with the pressure. He knows how to handle that. Yep. I'm glad you mentioned Scott Graves because Newman's crew chief knows Daniel Suarez very well. He does, yes. He worked with him over at Joe Gibbs, won that championship in the Xfinity Series. And I actually spoke to him about this a couple weeks ago at Bristol. And he just said, you know, it would be very cool, be very gratifying to get in the playoffs. But he also told me the pressure has uh, kept him up many a nights okay. or even woken him up at night. So I can't imagine what he's going through this week right now, even though that time they were kind of in the playoffs. So now being tied on the bubble, that's tough. Okay, so let's talk about Daniel Suarez. Yes. What do you feel like he has to do? Um, I mean, really, all these guys are so close in points. So it's really what fits their style and what do they need to do to kind of surge ahead? So he's on the opposite side of the spectrum of the six, Ryan Newman. In my opinion, this is going to be the fastest of the four cars okay. when they show up to Indianapolis. They have shown a tremendous amount of speed. I think to some of the qualifying performances at places like Michigan for the 41 car have been very impressive. They were very good at Pocono earlier in the year. So I think for the 41, Daniel Suarez, it is going to be about using that speed advantage. It means if they qualify up front, then take that speed advantage up to the front and find yourself in a position of getting stage points in stage one. Get those stage points in stage one. Put yourself in the best position for stage two to get stage points, which allows you a little bit more flexibility in stage three. And if you have the speed in the car, if you've given up a little track position in stage two going into stage three, you hope that that speed allows you to get that back. So he's sort of on the offensive where I look at the sixth car on the defensive. His path in the playoffs is using the speed that they have had this season at these type of tracks to their advantage. If they do that, then they'll find themselves in the playoffs. And if you're keeping track at home, you're like, wait, that was the 19. Remember, Suarez yes, was in the last 19 year. last year at the Brickyard. So if we're keeping track of all the numbers, Suarez now in the 41. Yep. His teammate is the 14 of Clint Boyer. So what does he need to do at Indy? Well, so he's an interesting one to me, if we can get him up here on the touch screen here. For me, the 14 car is probably in a situation where they just can't beat themselves. It has been this last 10, 12-week stretch has been hard to watch. It's been like a horror show watching this 14 car at times find themselves either in bad luck or beating themselves in terms of making mistakes. Clint has made mistakes. The team has made mistakes. It's just been a bit of a bad scenario throughout the summer months here. And I think when you look at this 14 car, similar to Daniel Suarez, they're going to have the speed. They're going to be in the position to gain enough points to solidify themselves in the playoffs. It's going to simply be about 
don't make the mistakes you've been making. Don't put yourselves in a bad position. Don't take a strategy call that you don't need to take. I've seen them do this frequently this year, and I think that's the reason they find themselves in this position. They have the speed. They have the race team. Clint is a very talented driver that belongs in the playoffs. If they just do what they're capable of, this team finds themselves in the playoffs. Okay, and you were telling me something earlier today that's interesting. Obviously, qualifying matters because it's so hard to pass at yep. Indy, so track position is going to matter. But pit stall selection sort of out the, out the door. So, yes, yeah, so we're doing it off owner's points. So these guys will all pick at the same time. So maybe they'll end up near each other, or at least they all – it's sort of a moot point of where you qualify. So that really qualifying comes down to allowing you to get those stage one stage points. If you qualify well, that's going to open up the door for doing that. It opens up the strategy, and those are going to be so key. I mean, watching stage points and, and points total in this race – it's, it's going to be the biggest thing for these four teams because they're going to constantly be looking at that. Well, we saw those stage points come in really handy for Jimmy Johnson at Darlington. They, they did. sort of did everything right early in that race. They did. They, stage one and stage two looked like the 48 of old a little right. bit. I don't want to get too excited. I'm sorry. But, no, they, they looked really good. They had a lot of speed. They qualified really well at Darlington. So, for me, this is the team that maybe is the X factor of these four. They're the one that we're not sure which 48 we're going to get. Are we going to get the 48 that struggled through the summer months, that had the issues that fell out of the playoffs to the point they are now? Or are we going to get the 48 that showed up for Stage 1 and Stage 2 at Darlington and looked like a solid top-five car and maybe a race-winning contender at that race? If they can pull that sort of performance and have that speed – then it makes Ryan Newman and that six car seriously worried. I think that's what keeps Scott Graves up at night is not trying to battle the 14. It's battling the 48 car showing up like they did at Darlington. If this team, though, is going to have to bring that speed because they're going to have to get stage points in stage one, they're going to have to get stage points in stage two if the other cars have decent days, and they're going to have to have a good finish in stage three. If their, their, their way into the playoffs is either a perfect day points-wise or a win. And there's a reason we're going since 2014 because obviously Jimmy he would have Johnson's a lot of wins. numbers <laughs> would be a little skewed. And we know Ryan Newman has that yes. win at Indianapolis in 2013 as well. But let's remember, anyone could win. I mean, Paul Menard is look, lurking back there. You've got Austin Dillon with that RCR power. If one of them wins, only one of the four bubble drivers gets in on points. So yes. just one more thing to sort of put in it's the It's going to be intense. I'm just going to avoid those four. Because you're right. You're I, in the race. Yeah, I'm just going to get ahead of them, never see them Ooh, again. Okay, that's your strategy? That's my strategy. Just win. Yep. All right. Hey, we already have some responses to our question. Ooh. We want your one word or sort of one phrase descriptions of each driver on the playoff bubble. So home of Parker's Cup Series has uh, Clint. <laughs> That's my Cup Series. Party. Yeah, home of Parker's Cup Series. Thanks, guys. Clint Party, Suarez Fighter, Newman Blocker, Johnson Goat. What do you think of that one? I like that one. I like the Newman Blocker, and I like, of course, Johnson is the Goat. Suarez, we've seen how well he can fight, and yeah. Clint definitely likes to party. All right, Craig Weaver has Boyer, man of the people. Suarez, determined. Newman, aggressive. Johnson, ain't done yet, J.A. Huh. I think that means a donkey. Ah, is that what it is? I think so. Oh, all right. I was wondering what J.A. was. I was like, ja? Like, what, what are you I like doing it. here? I like it. Like keep them coming. We like that. Yeah, right? keep them up. That's a good one. I know. Really Basically, good. we're doing this because then you can do my job, and I don't have to write something new. I'll use Boom. I might use yeah. yours this weekend at the Brickyard. That's Coming perfect. up. Kyle Larson and 89 of his closest friends started their Brickyard weekend with some dirt slinging. Wait until you see what Kyle was able to do. Parker loves this. Yes. And from Indy to Oklahoma, the Sooner State is our next stop on our 50 States in 50 Days Tour. Plus, IMSA championship contender Dane Cameron will join us from Charlotte. But coming up next, right here in Connecticut, a native son, we chat with IndyCar's rookie sensation, Santino Ferrucci, he was Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s surprise star in this year's Indy 500. 
He's right there. You just saw him. He's in our studio. Oh, my. Big crash. One, two, three cars involved. Check out Ferrucci right here. It's fearless, man. Came in here, threaded the needle. The spotters in my ear. Don't go high, don't go high. Hey, I'm a rookie. He's a rookie. Look at this guy work his way through here. And I go through the corner, I'm like, I see the grass. I'm going for the grass. Gotta go in the grass. You gotta go in the grass. Ferrucci ducks to the inside on Connor Daly. Rounds up Mateus Laced on board with Ferrucci. He's in pursuit of Alexander Rossi. Oh, look at Santino Ferrucci around the outside of Zach Beach. Ferrucci is mad. He wants that lead back. Santino Ferrucci stood out among this year's strong rookie class for IndyCar. He earned Indy 500 Rookie of the Year honors in May and is coming off one of the best races of his young career, finishing fourth at Gateway last month. And we now welcome the driver of the number 19 Dale Coyne Racing Honda to the studio. And I am way out of my league because both of you guys are Connecticut guys. Yeah. I mean, you guys hang out at like the same restaurants. I know you have a favorite place <laughs> that you like to eat in this area. Oh, I got a few, especially down, uh, down here in uh, South Connecticut. So a couple of good pizza places yeah. in the area. We're um, just discussing it's National Pizza Day, right? Yeah, I know. I'm definitely going to check out those. You know, you got Pepe's and you got Al Modern. So, or... And that's a decision which one's better. We actually discovered we, we raced at the same racetrack growing up a little bit go-karts yes we did we yeah. both grew up at uh, Oakland Valley Race Park but you were about six yeah and I was like 13 or 14 it's so. about time you feel like yeah, I do guy. now feel old yes. thank you thanks. thanks appreciate it but yeah so I mean Indy 500 let's go back to that I mean I know last week your last race gateway was awesome but Indy 500 do you feel like that sort of put you on the map I know you've been racing a long time but it kind of all of a sudden put this big spotlight on you yeah funny enough you know our season was weird to start with it was kind of slow not a lot of luck going on we had some speed then you had the 500 happen i mean man that was my first ever oval of my career i was so nervous going into place. that thing <laughs> yeah i know and you you walk out on sunday morning man to out on the track you do the driver introductions and you don't know what 300,000 people looks like until you're like there and you're just in shocking awe yep. of what this event is and what this event means and to sit there and to have a race like we did racing like tony Kanan out of the pits or avoiding that massive incident towards the end of the race and coming home in seventh place. I mean, it felt like a win for us. No, yeah. And here's the thing I want to know, and I, Paul Tracy mentions it, all the cars you've passed, and just your style is so cool. I mean, you, you've come over here and you find ways to pass in people where people won't go, ways to pass maybe, and sometimes, you know, finding a path that wasn't there. I mean, does this come naturally to you, or is this something that you got an IndyCar um, Noble and said, you know what, no one else is going there, I'll go there. No, to be honest with you, it's instinctive. And I, I feel like I'm very good at finding those gaps, finding those holes and working around a pack. And to be honest with you, oval racing's new to me. So I, I think, as you said yeah. earlier when we were talking, if you're a rookie, you just you just don't know sometimes. <laughs> and you benefit from it. And, you know, you have passes like you see here on TV. And, you know, you're racing these guys hard for position. That was for the lead at Gateway. And uh, trust me, Hinch is definitely no slouch to get around. And, uh you know, to race them clean, even Rossi, you know, goes, guys like that, you know, I have high respect for them, and, you know, racing them is just so much fun. And racing with uh, Sebastian Bourdais, uh, do, how do you guys get along? What's uh, that relationship like? Oh, uh, is that what you call him? Yeah, I dad. call him dad. <laughs> no, uh, we, we get along great. You know, funny enough, we're both European drivers, in, in a sense, because, you know, he grew up racing there. I grew up sort of racing there uh, as more of a, a fly-in and mm -hmm. weekend warrior, I would say, and... Uh, to be honest, you know, we have a lot of respect for each other. What he did, he, he made it into Formula One, and that was always my goal as a kid. 
And funny enough, ever since racing IndyCar and coming in last year and working with him, I, I've had such a huge respect and appreciation for him. I mean, he's been literally my mentor throughout That's the awesome. whole season. And I, I can't thank him enough, and I can't give, uh, give him enough credit. What's been the single biggest thing that stuck out to you so far in IndyCar? Is it the speed at a place like Indy? Is it, you know, just the, the racing, how close it is? I mean, what's the thing that's really caught your eye this year coming to IndyCar as a rookie? Man, it's like one of those things. When you're a kid, you grow up, you, you always want to be racing against those guys that you see on TV. For me, it was funny enough, I was seeing people like Will Power, Scott Dixon, Dario yep. Franchitti, and growing up and now racing them, I mean, having that historic car feeling that IndyCar gives you, I mean, it's not like a Formula One car. It's completely different. It drives different. It feels different. It's not quite as fast, but it's a lot more playful in a sense that you slide it around and you get to be the boss of the car. <laughs> and that that's that's the joy of it. And, yeah. you know, and, and the experience of the paddock, the fans, the interactions that you get with the people. You can't get that anywhere else but in America and in American motorsport. You know, the people are just so much fun to hang out with and to just talk and be friends with. And working with the team, it's like a huge family. And it's so unique in its own way. And, you know, I just come to love it. That's awesome. You talk about, I've never heard the cars described that way, playful, but that makes sense, like you said, and how you can, so when you're in the paddock and you kind of feel that, the love from the fans, do you feel like you're bringing that maybe to the series or at least as a rookie kind of have this this fresh attitude? I feel like, you know, some of the older guys can be a little grouchy and they've been there for, uh, fairness, they've been there for as long as I've been alive, some of them. So maybe they're a little, little bored, but for me, everything's a new experience. Every track was a new experience and I've been trying to throw myself out there, you know, experience it's like going to their environments because you go into these people's hometowns and they're the reason why you're still racing. Yep. The fans are the most important part of motorsport. Hands down, nothing else matters because if they don't want to watch you and they don't want to be involved with you, then you're competing for yourself, your team, and the guys around you. And at the same point, you kind of are, but it racing is a family sport. It's made to bring you, you know, your, your kids out, have a ball, and funny enough, I like to go out into the paddock and meet some of these nice. young kids and... Uh, I got to do that on Indianapolis. We have Carb Day and all these things where you get to go out and hang out with these families and, you know, drink lemonade, sit down <laughs> in the pagoda area. And, you know, you get to do these at tra- do this stuff at tracks. And, you know, we also visit hospitals and schools awesome. all around the country. And, you know, you try to make an impact on these people's lives and these kids' lives. And you create fans. You create family and friends. And, you know, that for me, that's one of the best parts about our motorsport. So Laguna Seca coming up, a very historic track, a very cool track. Uh, but then it's the last race of the season. What's the future for Santino? IndyCar, where, where are you racing? I know there's still a season going on right now. Anything you can give us? Any sort of uh, insight what's happening? Oh, man, silly season's been uh, silly, say the yeah. least. But I'm, I'm looking forward to finishing off in Laguna. It's a tight race between me and Felix for the rookie championship. I'd really like to win that, and I'd like to stay in the top 10 of points. And, uh, you know, right now we're hanging on. We had a little bit of unfortunate luck in Portland, but... Uh, you know, next season's looking really good for us. I think uh, it's definitely a couple things on the table, but uh, I'm really happy where I am. I really love working with Dale. Sebastian's my mentor, and basically he's going to be there for another year, and, uh, you know, I want to be with him as well. So I feel like we make a great team. Have you surprised yourself this season? A uh, little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Say the least. You know, it's kind of fun because as much as I've surprised myself with results like I've had in the ovals, I've also kind of surprised myself with how I've been mentally you know I feel like I'm in a completely different world you know I'm so much happier and you know I didn't actually expect to have that and yeah uh, you know it's it's been been a great year and an amazing experience awesome you can tell you can tell that you're excited and uh, yeah did I read too you, you're a big Marvel comics 
I am. fan, is that right? So who would you be in the in the Marvel world, and, and or or who would Sebastian be? One or the other, or both? <laughs> Sebastian's a tricky one. You can go with I am Groot first. <laughs> Man, a few words, very monotone, very French. You know, so I, I love him to bits for that. You know, I. It's hard to say who I'd be in a Marvel world. I mean, I'm always a fan of Tony Stark. You know, he's like the OG mm. guy. Uh, you know, those guys and Chris Pratt, who, uh, you know, another big time actor in there. And um, you know, they're they're all they're all unique. They all have their things. I'm saying the way you find passes and such, Spider Man. He just sort of checks <laughs> sh- up to the top okay. of the track, just goes around them all. So I'm going Spider Man. I like it. Yeah. Yep. So fans out there, maybe you can use hashtag NASCAR America if you want to have a response on that too. But thank you so much coming in, spending some time with us. And you're not done yet, right? You guys are going to jump in the sim. Is that coming up? Laguna Seca. Nice. All right. The IndyCar season finale is September 22nd (laughs) on NBC from Laguna Seca. And as we said, later on, Santino going to go into the sim with Parker to take us around that beautiful road course in California. But up next, Sirius XM NASCAR Radio's Keith Pistone shares his thoughts on this weekend's action at the Brickyard. And maybe we'll throw a little football in there as well. Stay tuned. Tonight, the 100th season of the NFL kicks off on NBC with the league's most storied rivalry, Packers-Bears. Then the defending Super Bowl champion Patriots host the Pittsburgh Steelers on the premiere of Sunday Night Football only on NBC. And it feels like the right time to welcome in Pete Pistoni of Sirius XM Radio's Morning Drive. Pete, you're in Chicago, a big Bears fan. What's it like? What's the mood? Who's going to win? Well, the Super Bowl-bound Chicago Bears are ready to host <laughs> the performance of the Cheddar Curtain, the Green Bay Packers, as they're in town here. Uh, everyone's pretty pumped up. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be tuned in here at the Paisan Palace watching uh, Al and Chris and everybody on NBC, and it's a great way to kick up the NFL season, Chris, with the two oldest rivalry teams you've got in the National Football League tonight at the lakefront there in Chicago. For sure. Oh, come on. You're not going to give us a dub Bears? Well, you know, I've been kind of dropping it all day, but if you ask me who's going to win the game, Parker, <laughs> the Bears. Absolutely there you go. Right. Uh, all right, back to racing. Joe Gibbs Racing, speaking of which, has won 13 of 25 races. First of all, can they keep it going? And what are the fans saying? Who do they think is going to come up there and challenge the Joe Gibbs Racing juggernaut? Well, first of all, yes, they can keep it going because I see no reason for that four-car team to slow down just because the playoffs are around the corner. And the fans are thinking about the same. We've been asking all week on Series 6 on NASCAR Radio what team can sort of rise up and challenge Joe Gibbs Racing, and no one's been able to come up with an answer to sustain that winning or, or trying to challenge them. You know, we've seen bursts of Hendrick a little bit over here, Stuart Haas Racing a little bit over there. No one can, Team Penske obviously earlier in the year, but no one can really put together that, that string. And guys, I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. And there's a lot of people who think, who knows, maybe you'll see all four Joe Gibbs racing drivers in the championship four race in Miami. Wouldn't that be something oh if Joe Gibbs' team could pull that off? Wow. Wow, that well, would be interesting. I know. I know your listeners are sort of zeroing in on Toyota for another reason. TRD President David Wilson told us the manufacturer open to expanding its footprint in the sport, but only if the new business model for team ownership helps drop costs. What are you hearing? Well, that was an interesting conversation with David, Chris, on our show today because he did say exactly that. Toyota would look to expand the number of teams they have in the Cup Series garage, but in order to do that, a lot of what's being discussed around the NASCAR industry would have to happen, and that would be lowering the cost of what it takes to put a team on track. Uh, If that happens... 
David's point was we can still spend about what we're spending now, maybe a little bit more, but that would allow us to expand that footprint and maybe put a fifth or sixth car on the racetrack. They've not been opposed to it, but I think the stumbling block is, and they're not alone in this, how much it costs to run one of these cup cars for a full season. And some of the things that happen are going to happen. Maybe you'll see Toyota and maybe the other manufacturers as well expand that footprint and bring a few more entries to the racetrack on a weekly basis. I love it. I like, can't wait to see that. And I think it's uh, definitely the right direction. Speaking of direction, Indianapolis's future in NASCAR. You know, it's going to be on the 4th of July next year. But what I'm curious about is what's the reaction from the fans about this event? What do they want to see out of this event that's obviously lost a little bit of what it had maybe 10 years ago or 20 years ago? You know, a lot of what we've heard, and we've heard this for the last couple of years, guys, is that a lot of the fans would like to see something different at Indianapolis. And the talk about the road course comes up a lot. My personal opinion on that is I'm not a fan of that. If we're going to race at Indianapolis as NASCAR, I think we race on the oval track. We race where the history has been made for over a century. I think NASCAR's, again, you know, presence there, certainly, as you said, maybe it's not as big as it was 10, 15 years ago. But I still think it's important. You know, you, you talk about other sports, right? If you say Indianapolis to anybody who doesn't follow racing, they know exactly what you're talking about. And in my opinion, NASCAR should remain there. And I hope there's not any talk. I've not heard any talk about that happening. And I'll tell you the other thing, guys. The last couple of Brickyard 400s have been, in my opinion, pretty good races. That crazy, crazy one we had a couple of years ago with Casey Kane winning. And I thought last year's race was really good as well. So uh, the fans are some, somewhat torn on this, I think. But in my opinion, Indianapolis and NASCAR should remain together. And going to 4th of July next year, we'll see. I mean, that's kind of returning back to where the roots of this track and race were when the Brickyard started back as a summer race. And we'll see if the 4th of July weekend maybe brings a little more energy to it. All right, we talked a lot about the Cup Series. Let's get your take on the Xfinity Series racing in Indianapolis as well. The big three, do you have an opinion either on this race or on the championship? Well, I'll tell you about the race itself. Again, if this race, Chris, can be like what we had last year or the year before with the Xfinity Series, you're not going to miss it on Saturday afternoon. That was an insane finish, and I think we're going to have the same rules package, so the possibility of that happening again is certainly there. You know, the big three story, I think it's going to come down to those guys again. It's the same kind of idea we had a year ago in the Cup Series. But I think the backdrop story for Tyler Reddick and Christopher Bell and Cole Custer is even that much more interesting about what's the future for all these guys. We know Christopher Bell's going to Cup next year. We know Cole Custer wants to. We know Tyler Reddick wants to. Will they all go up together? Personally, I'd love to see it because I'd love to see this battle we've got now in the Xfinity Series become a Rookie of the Year Cup Series battle next year. So I'm hoping that happens. But these guys have been great. I think they're going to continue to be great. And, again, I think the championship four is going to have maybe three of these guys in there. And I think that would be a fitting way to crowd a champion this year considering how good these guys have been in 2019. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we know you, we probably have to let you go now to get ready for that, that big football Ooh, game. Yeah. Right, Pete? Yeah, I got to get the brats going. I got to get the, uh, you know, the, the Bears shirt on and everything and, and get ready to go here. So I appreciate that. And, again, if you see somebody streaking down by Lake Michigan, that, that's not me, just so you know. That's not me. <laughs> We're going to the quad, everybody. Yeah, everyone's going. Streaking. All right. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate it. See you, guys. Talking Xfinity Series there with Pete. Christopher Bell started his career on the dirt tracks of Oklahoma, his home state. One of those tracks as we take a look at... 50 States in NASCAR, Salina High Bank Speedway, our next stop on the 50 States in 50 Days Tour, located in Northeast Oklahoma. The High Bank hosts five classes of racing on its weekly schedule. The Fraley family has raced here for many years, starting with their patriarch, the late Alan Fraley, still affectionately known as Uncle Bumper. The High Banks have three big events, the Freedom Classic, the Salute to Our Veterans, and the Sooner Showdown later this month.
And if you're hungry but don't want to miss the action, the Tracks Finish Line restaurant, how about that? Mm. Has great eats and a great view. It's awesome. Sticking with the grassroots, tonight is the BC39 Midget Race on the dirt track inside Turn 3 at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Named uh, for and after, of course, Brian Clausen, Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Chase Briscoe, among the notable NASCAR stars in the field. And I know you're excited about this, Parker. You've been yes. talking about it all day. This is awesome. Last night, on-track action began with qualifying heat races, followed by a pursuit race, where every five laps, drivers who lost positions and were running last had to leave the track. And we're, mm. this is awesome. Kyle this, Larson... Yeah. Uh, driving a black 97 car, made it to the last segment where he and two other drivers, Michael Pickens and Justin Grant, put on an incredible finish. Take a look. Here we go, a five-lap dash. Now Larson goes top shelf, down in turn one. Grant up there as well. Pickens will try and slide high in front of Larson, who's got a full head of steam. Full head of steam. Pickens is resilient. Whoa, there he goes. Larson makes the move. Larson back to the inside, down in turn number three. He'll retake the lead. Kyle Larson out in front. Michael Pickens right in second. Here comes Grant. There goes Pickens in front of him. Can he make it stick? He does. Here comes Sunshine. Two to go this time by Justin Grant trying to get up in the mix. Kyle Larson, Michael Pickens still side by side. Throw a blank up. Oh, two, three, 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 Oh, you don't see this every day, folks. Larson, look at this. Kyle Larson back in turn one. Michael Pickens will try the cushion right on the rear bumper. Down the back straightaway to turn number three. They touch. Michael Pickens upside down. Larson stops. Grant flips. Red lights on the racetrack. Larson keeps going. What did we just see? In the words of the great Jack Buck, I don't believe what I just saw. I mean, that's crazy. Everybody, again, was okay. What made that so? Was it the passing? Was it the finish? I, was the flip? I, it, the whole thing is incredible. I feel like it's every other week we're, we're hearing about Kyle Larson involved in some awesome finish in a USAC midget. But that one, to me, is one of the most incredible. I just think in all of racing, I've never seen three cars that competitively going for the lead. And then to come together and then to spin out the way he did. And what he did there was so interesting is he just nailed the throttle because those cars don't have clutches. They, they're direct drive. He had to stay in the throttle, keep the engine going, just to keep it going to get across the line, although they probably they red flag it as soon as they see what happens there. But still, it's just one of the most amazing finishes. And I, I, I mean... I've never seen anything like that. And so Larson posted that even he felt that way. He's like, I don't know if I've ever been a part of something that crazy and that wild and that exciting and fun and thrilling. So it's uh, amazing. It's awesome. You know, you wonder why he does it all the time. It's because That's that why. gets you so prepared for that time that he's going to be involved in something similar yeah. at the cup level for the Daytona 500. And it's going to be like nothing to him because he's a part of stuff like that. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, hey, I want more. Good news. You Ooh. can follow the NASCAR on NBC Instagram page tonight because Christopher Bell is taking it over and taking us along for the ride as he competes in the BC 39. It's going to be a lot of fun coming cool. up. It's big enough to race for Roger Penske, but winning a championship for him. Dane Cameron is trying to make that happen in IMSA. He is going to join us next.
this going to be a drag race to the finish? The Mazda will do it! Victory Lane, it's a place where Mazda Team Yost is starting to feel very comfortable. At the end, I was just hanging on for dear life, and uh, the traffic went, went against me a little bit, so I was hopeful that last time it come with me, and it did. What a run this has been, and Dane Cameron's going to drive it all the way to the checkered flag. In Roger Penske's hometown of Detroit, he gets the win. Hats off to everybody out here, Team Penske, absolutely phenomenal. Two in a row, super excited about it. So if you're keeping track, Mazda has scored three straight DPI wins in the IMSA WeatherTech Championship, but at the head of the class is Acura Team Penske. Their duo of Dane Cameron and Juan Pablo Montoya lead the standings by seven points with just two races to go. Let's keep the conversation going. We now welcome in Dane Cameron from our studios in Charlotte. Okay, Dane, those two races left going into Laguna Seca next week. Talk about your position, your expectations, and your chance at winning that championship. Yeah, super excited and uh, definitely crunch time for us with two races to go. Uh, we only have a seven-point lead, so not, not a ton, but uh, still a lead, which is a good thing. So uh, hopefully we can have a good race there at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca, get a little bit bigger lead and uh, make life a little bit easier for the 10-hour the finale at Petit Le Mans in a couple weeks' time. No doubt. And the one that you'll be doing that with is your teammate, Juan Pablo Montoya. He is a very interesting character, I think is the best way to put it. How are you guys, I mean, as teammates, are you alike? Are you different? Car, personality, et cetera? I think what's been really scary is we're actually kind of similar in a lot of ways, which has been uh, a little bit frightening, but we've honestly just been having a ton of fun this year. Uh, I didn't really even know the guy at all uh, when I came to this program last year, so always kind of that bit of a get-to-know-you phase to, to start the program off, and we've turned out to be really similar in uh, what we like from the race car and uh, you know, made a really strong pairing with a couple of wins this year and, uh, and really just having fun and, and executing. You mentioned that season finale, uh, Petit Le Mans. How do you prepare for the grueling schedule of all different sorts of races? I mean, six hours, 12 hours, 24 hours. How do you personally prepare for all of that? I mean, the standard, normal, boring race car driver stuff of, uh, <laughs> of all the trainings that you do. But for me, what's difficult about those is that you have to kind of do it twice in that same day. So, you know, kind of what would be a normal race distance that you would do one time, uh, you know, a normal stint length, you're going to have to do that again two or three times over throughout that day. So being able to recover uh, and feel fresh and get back in the car uh, is really the challenging part for me in those hard races. But, uh, you know, a couple of years worth of experience in the series, now you kind of get a feel for uh, how to pace yourself and uh, you'll still be fresh at the end when it's time to win. No doubt. So you have a bit of oatmeal racing in your background. You're now driving for Roger Penske. Have you talked or broached the subject? What, if there's any perks out there for winning this championship, Ooh. maybe an Indy 500 <laughs> ride? I don't know. I'm just saying, has it been discussed? No, not, not discussed, but definitely all the questions that you always get uh, when you drive for, for Mr. Penske. So yeah, I've done a lot of different things, and uh, you know, definitely nobody says no when, uh, when Roger comes asking. So I'd uh, be happy to drive anything he has in the stable at the moment. He's got a lot of, a lot of programs to draw from, and it's uh, certainly a really special opportunity for me to, uh, to be a part of this program with him. No doubt. And one of the, the other thing that's caught my eye with this championship battle is just that you're racing against a team that you've driven for before. I know the IMSA paddock is a very close paddock. I've loved spending time there this year in terms of it's very laid back. It's a fun place. But is it, uh, is it unique to be racing against that team that you had so much success with in Action Express? Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's a whole different feeling when uh, the car that you basically used to be in for, for three or four years, now you're, you're looking at the back of it or the side of it, or uh, you know, hopefully in this case this year, watching it get a little bit smaller in the rearview mirrors. But uh, it's a little different. Like you say, it's a, it's a small place, but a great championship. So, uh, you know, kind of you've spent a lot of time throughout the teams uh, over the years and you get to know everybody. So a little bit different in my first time kind of changing teams within the category was a, a different experience. 
Dane, we've had some other IMSA drivers come into to that studio, that chair where you're sitting right there. But I think a lot of people might be surprised to know. I mean, you think of, of the Charlotte area as sort of NASCAR central, but that is now home for you as well, correct? Yeah, I've been here for f almost five years now. So it's turned into a little sports car hub for sure. Um, it was three, maybe four teams that are here now and probably five or six drivers that have kind of been coming to the area over the last couple of years. So uh, everyone used to be kind of in Atlanta and now people seem to be moving up north a little bit here to North Carolina. But no, I love it. Uh, my wife and, and two sons here. So uh, yeah, we really love the area and, uh, and plan to stay. So it's cool to see it grow in this type of race and grow in the area is, uh, is great. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking some time and best of luck to you and Juan Pablo Montoya as you close out the, uh, the season. Thanks so much. All right, coming up, we're going to rejoin IndyCar rookie Santino Ferrucci. He's going to get behind the wheel of our simulator and take us through the twists and turns of Laguna Seca next on the Motorsports Hour. Five bucks says I can do a better burnout in the donut in this thing than you. All right, go. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. The thing is, that's like a performance-enhancing donut. Shut up. Watch this. I'm getting the Mustang. Oh, has he ever done a donut before? I went through track mode. Uh -huh. Apparently, drag strip mode doesn't already. do burnouts, yeah. which makes no sense. What? That, that was maybe cheating. He wasn't even trying, and he was still more of a baller than you were. Proving grounds, Sunday. Ah, Watch it. We got Watch it. it. Get it. Proving Grounds does return Sunday to cap a big day of racing. It starts in the morning on NBCSN with Cup Series qualifying and the Dale Jr. download. Switch to NBC for Brickyard 400 coverage, then come back here for Victory Lap. And what's, what's the show called, Parker? Proving Grounds! Right, thank you. Andy Carr's season finale is less than three weeks away from Laguna Seca. Series rookie Santino Ferrucci and Parker are at the simulator to brush up on this challenging track. Right, Krista, and here we are coming to the final quarter, Centino at Laguna Seca. You're in a bit of traffic here. This isn't get. This right. isn't get close. Ooh, I nice know, pass. right? Yeah, actually, funny enough, Laguna Seca. That last corner is one of our best passing opportunities. So to have something like that come along is uh, it's kind of uh, enticing, to say the least. Right. We just started the lap, went over the start finish line, down into turn one. This is a double apex. Take us for a lap here. Kind of describe wow. what you're feeling and how this lap feels. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Laguna is one of those tracks to where you more drive it with the rear of the car than you do the front. I mean, you want to be kind of sliding everywhere just because of the conditions and the, the radius of the corners. Like this turn, for example, right there, it's more of just a lift off and let the car float in. Then you come down to turn five here, and it's a heavy brake, huge camber. You know, you really feel the compression as you start to come up the hill where you need to be on throttle super early. Yep. Go underneath the mother's bridge, light tap of the brakes down in gear. That's a fast and one. All the that, downforce right there yeah, helps you. That is the fastest turn on this racetrack, in my opinion. Oh. And funny enough, that's also the easiest place to lose a car. Away. Then you come <laughs> through the famous cork tree. You actually look straight at the trees ahead of you. Yep. Then you go down the hill because it's completely blind, especially in an open wheel car. So you, you are basically going off of trees to drive. That's amazing. And uh, for those watching at home, you're seeing this beautiful NBC Sports Indy car we have. All right, so we're coming back to the final corner to start the second lap. And how physical a racetrack is this? So this is, this is one of the most challenging racetracks. I mean, you're sitting here, you're driving at the car. Your heart rate's about 195 for almost two hours. And the only time you really get to take a breath was right there. That's oh, it. Yep. I mean, you, you come through, you're racing on, on this track, and it's nonstop. I mean, it, it, it really is endurance, and it's all about mental because there's no brakes. I mean, you're consistently in corners, consistently going left and right, going up and down the gears. You change gears close to 60 times a lap here. Jeez. I mean, it's, wow. it's incredible. That's amazing. 
And you wouldn't be doing it one hand like you're doing here in the sim, which is pretty impressive. I'm not gonna lie. No, I'm that you're driving any car <laughs> one-handed. Well, when you're Italian, you tend to talk with one hand and drive with the other, I guess. But uh, no, I mean this this track's just a yep. lot of fun to drive. It's a driver's track through and through. It's challenging. It's technical. It's got elevation. Elevation and is amazing. Right here, one of the best elevations. The Corkscrew famous corner. We saw the pass, the famous pass. Alex Zanardi versus Herda. Yeah. I mean, what's on your mind going through there? You uh, you think about that? Yeah, all the time. I mean, the Corkscrew is probably one of the places you can gain or lose the most time, and you can actually pass people coming out of it. And funny enough. Thanks to WeatherTech, they have just paved the uh, inner side of the course street, oh. so you might be able to get a couple more opportunities to pass if you're not off track. So that, that's right. Fun. That's what I've heard, and maybe it's a little bit to kind of have a real demarcation line there for you guys in terms of what's off track, what's on track. I think so. It's also better than the dirt and gravel that it was before, because you know, <laughs> as race car drivers, we do like to push the limits of the surface. So we'll take it. We'll awesome. take all that we can get. Well, this has been incredible watching you drive around here. Thanks for coming, bud, and best of luck at this uh, challenging road course. Oh, thank you for having me. We'll have some fun. Awesome. Good luck. So cool to have Santino in the studio with us. Well, earlier in the show, we asked you to tweet us with your one word, one phrase descriptions for the four NASCAR playoff bubble drivers. If you haven't done so, now's the time. Tweet us at hashtag NASCAR America because we're going to be sharing more of them next on the Motorsports Hour. Tonight, the 100th season of the NFL kicks off on NBC with the league's most storied rivalry, Packers-Bears. Then, the defending Super Bowl champion Patriots host the Pittsburgh Steelers on the premiere of Sunday Night Football only on NBC. Okay. Is there room for one more? Yes, get in. All right, great. I'll get in the back. Go get him, Harv. Is this how you imagined your Burnout Boulevard experience to go, Kyle? At some point, yes, because I figured our show car would blow up. Here we go. It's like a tug of war. That was a Ford versus Chevy battle. Hey, style points, though. Creativity. It's style a solid points. 10. Yes, it Whatever you do, go have fun, do a burnout, put on a show, but don't take a car. <laughs> tore the hell out of it. It is such a fun event. Next Thursday, the 16 playoff contenders will be back on the Las Vegas Strip for Burnout Boulevard. You can see it all right here at 7 Eastern on NBCSN. And Parker, you're in the show. I, I am. I, I am in the NBC car. Uh, so... I heard Burton didn't do a burnout. I was last just going to ask, do you so, do a burnout? I mean, if I can, you know, sneak it in there, just, you know, no, nobody, nobody, nobody will notice. notice. <laughs> but I, I think the other thing is, how does a part time cup guy get to lead the playoff field? I, they probably should be all asking that question. How's he here? Who cares? That's You're what in I'm it. saying. You're I'm in. in. So I'm going as a TV guy. Totally That's different. awesome. So, yeah. again, you can see that right here, 7 p.m. on Thursday. So, what about the fact that there's going to be a burnout at the brickyard? We just don't know who's going to be doing it. Who's yes. going to be kissing the bricks? Who do you think? Well, it's the one at the top of that list at a 3 to 1 Kyle Bush. There's a bit of frustration there being sensed that he hasn't won here, I guess, in a while. He also. Feels like I think that the, uh, they, or at least I do, I feel like they've shown a lot of speed there in that 18 car. And I go back to 2015, and the reason being, that's the time we ran that high drag package. 
the 18 of Kyle Busch won that time. So I just think that this race is lining up for a Kyle Busch win at Indianapolis at the Brickyard 400. So I agree with all the odds makers there. Kyle Busch is going to win this race. And yeah, we saw those odds. I mean, pretty crazy to think Jimmy Johnson. I think he was like at 60 to one, but that's not good. I mean, they've got their own Brett's battle. Better going than my on. odds. There you go. Yeah, they've got their own battle too, trying to make it in on points. Um, two spots left. So, hey, let's go back to our Twitter question from earlier. Your one-word descriptions for each playoff bubble driver. Mm. We've got some. You guys have some good ones. Thanks, Paula. She said Clint Boyer, Mr. Happy. Well, that's good, but she only gives one. That's I only I said you could do just one. Oh, I, I mean, didn't know that. If you have a really good one. Okay. But some of you went and did extra credit, uh, turning in all four. Andrew has, okay, Boyer, Rustic, Suarez, Peppery, Newman, Broad. Broad. Broad, Johnson, Steadfast. I'll that go works. with those. Yeah. yeah. Ru- rustic, I guess. Boyer, I don't think he'd agree with Rustic. All right, what about this? So you got Boyer, High. Oh, we got to made it big. Suarez, Wide, and. And. Handsome, High, Wide, and Handsome. Oh, referencing a little Harry, Harry Gant, Gant reference. Yeah. Which even your, your dress is a Harry Gant reference. Is you always drove that green car. Yeah, all right. I don't know if Jimmy Johnson would like to be and. I mean, seven now, times, but, so, but thank you and, guys, everybody yeah, definitely, participating. But I'm not sure I get the end. We had high wide, and he had to just put an end. Yeah, in I know, he had to put an end there. But well, maybe and, and an eighth championship coming up. Oh, but or hand. What do you not, think? Oh, and they called Suarez handsome. All right, so you said Kyle Busch going to be maybe the winner at the yep. Brickyard. Who's going to be the two who get in? The two that make it in. Ah, the pressure is on in this one. I'm going to go that Ryan Newman finds a way to get Roush Family Racing into the playoffs. I like that. The, the pressure that organization is under, how big it would be for them to get into the playoffs again. I just believe that the, the, that team wants it so badly, yeah. they're going to find a way to make it in. Uh, and it's going to be at the expense of Daniel Suarez. And our Jimmy Johnson, sadly, will his streak of making the playoffs will stop okay, here so, at And Clint Boyer holds his spot. Yes, then. and Clint okay. Boyer holds his spot. All right, Parker Clickman is in the race. That's our yes. time tonight. Next time we see you, we'll be from Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Xfinity Series on track tomorrow before cup cars hit the fame track with Parker in the field on Saturday. Our NBC team will have it all for you. The field for this year's playoffs will be set this weekend at the Brickyard. Have a great night. Thanks for watching, everybody. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.